Hello, welcome to Life Coaching on the Move. I'm Dawn Fisk, your host, life coach, trainer, podcaster, mum of two, owner of two dogs. Um, speaking of which, it is just turned March in the UK and it's calm enough and warm enough for me for the first time this year to record whilst on a dog walk. Now, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm going to test it afterwards. But I, as many of you know, I love recording whilst out walking with the dogs in nature. It's where I'm most creative. Um, and I love doing it because I hope it will inspire you to go for a walk or go for a jog or go for skateboarding or whatever your thing is outside in nature, getting some fresh air, some vitamin D from the sun, which is such an important vitamin, which in March in the UK, we're probably all now suffering from lack of over the winter months. And uh, that's why we begin to feel a little bit better April, May time, because we're accidentally getting vitamin D whilst waiting at the bus stop or in the school playground or whatever. We're getting daylight to our skin, our face and hands. And replacing that lack of vitamin d but we can do that sooner by getting out uh, more in the winter i just hope the wind isn't going to be an issue on the audio so if this does inspire you then perhaps grab a walk over the weekend i know it's supposed to get colder but crispier and it's just glorious it's so early i'm actually looking at a massive herd of deer across the way there is a white one in there um, the dogs haven't seen them yet, so hopefully we're going in a different direction and the deer and the dogs will not have a fun game. Today I wanted to talk about, well I wasn't going to talk about this, I was talking to my really dear friend at the weekend on a long walk. Uh, she and I are in very similar fields, not literally the fields, but fields of work, um, uh, counselling, coaching, um, therapies, those sorts of things. And we walk and talk and discuss our learnings and our experiences and thoughts. And just this weekend, I was saying to her that um, it's interesting how we can sometimes take a much bigger picture view and how helpful and healthy it is if, in fact, we do do that. Because, as, as I was saying to her, sometimes... When we're down, in fact, when we are down and struggling with our mental health or when we're very, very stressed or when we're anxious, any of those um, unhelpful, um, disempowering emotions and times of life and uh, difficulties that we're going through, the byproduct, maybe the cause, the byproduct or whatever, what's involved with that time and those emotions is the fact that we go very focused inward. Our attention becomes very, almost our lens becomes very sharp about our inward emotions and struggles. Um, If you imagine the focus of a pair of binoculars or something like that it gets very very focused and channeled in to our inward issues to the triggers rather than changing our lens to a much bigger picture and I was saying to her that it reminded me the metaphor that I came up with was and when you watch an artist at work in front of an easel a, a fabulous artist they're very very 
tuned in to and focused on the very fine detail of every little brush stroke, every little, tiny, tiny little brush stroke. The intensity is incredible when you watch an artist at work. Very close up, very intense and very focused. But every, every short while, they take a big step back. Take a big step back and look at the, the canvas as a big picture. And then they go back in again and focus on those small, tiny little brush strokes. And I think that's what we need. In fact, actually, as you know, I often talk about nature and evolution and the caveman. The caveman was so much better or and needed to look at the big picture, look, look across at the horizon, scan with the, visually, actually use their vision to scan the horizon and see where there might be predators or see where there might be food. We don't really do that anymore. We're very, very focused in on fine detail, whether it's focused in on computer screens, on spreadsheets, on figures, numbers. Um, you know, we're very, very focused on what's on our desk right in front of us. Um, or whatever our work, if we're doctors, nurses, right down in the fine detail of the area that we're working on. If we're a teacher, very fine detail, all of the marking, all of the, the content and material. When do we actually scan much wider, take a much bigger view, look at the big picture, both literally and metaphorically? Um, and that's why I think... I love, one of the reasons I love going out for these walks, I'm literally, I would not have seen those, that small herd of deer if I wasn't scanning across the distance of two big long fields with all their pine trees um, edging them um, and, and the gorgeous scene that I can see as a result, I'm very lucky. Um, but I think it is important to be able to do that, to scan and use our visual. There must be some science behind it. I'm absolutely certain that there is some science um, behind the need for our visual systems to take a much bigger view and use our peripheral vision and rest our fine detail and our fine focus. But that, that's literally, but metaphorically in life and in our mood and our focus of what, what we are thinking about what we're focusing on emotionally I think if we can take a step back metaphorically from those triggers those issues those problems and our self-doubts and our concerns and our disempowering thoughts the ones that we we tune right into and they become louder bigger more significant more overwhelming have a bigger hook on us If, in fact, we can take that metaphorical step back or widen the lens of our view on our life and look at the big picture of our life, um, all of it, a much wider, wider view. If a man from outer space, you know, little green margin, was looking down on you and your life, what would he see? What what is the whole all-encompassing view that he would have? Whereas from your point of view, or my point of view, we might be focusing on the here and now, the more relevant issues and topics, and not seeing that big picture. 
I often think that's a bit like, you know, the eulogies that people read out at funerals. They take the much, much bigger picture, the whole life, the whole area, where we've travelled, who we were as a person, what we achieved, where we came from, where we advanced to, what kind of character we were, the things we did in between, the real big picture. And it's lovely. I love hearing the eulogies at funerals. So interesting. I often regret, oh my word, I didn't know this about them. Why didn't I know this? And why did I never sit down and chat and ask some questions about that and hear about that firsthand? And um, how fascinating, how interesting. Because we're focusing on the fine detail, the here and now. Um, So one way, as I was saying to my friend, that we can do that take a much much bigger picture a much healthier picture is through awe now you may be thinking oh she's listened to dr chatterjee's episode this week who's got bizarrely an expert who's published a book with loads of science about the power of awe the big wonder the bigness the largeness of the world and how really helpful it can be but i hadn't it hadn't even released i don't believe at that time We were just talking about it and how the moments where I feel, um, well, I don't know how I can describe it. When I go out in the evenings at night for the dogs in the garden to do their last wee before bed, I love looking up at the stars, especially if it's a clear night or a full moon or something. And it just, the awe, it, it never ceases to not affect me the awe of the vastness of the universe, the miracle of it all. And it gets in, that's what it does. It puts everything into context of how really, really, really quite minuscule we are. I am. This is what it does for me. Makes me realise how tiny I am in the whole scheme of things. How short my time is here in terms of the whole universe and the big picture. What a miracle it is. And it gives me wonder and awe, and it gives me context that really what I'm worried about, you know, that the thing I've got to do tomorrow or the thing I haven't done today, is really minuscule in the big scheme of things. And it's really helpful when I do that. But I find that if I can look for as many things that give me that absolute, that just almost speechless feeling or the goosebumps or the hairs in the back of your neck go up because of the just the overwhelming awe of something that and I was saying this on Sunday to my friend that if more of us could tune into more of those it's really grounding uh, reassuring um, changes our context changes our emotion um, and changes our view of everything so that we can step back like that artist and take a big view of things and get a much better impression when we focus back in on what's relevant, what is important and how insignificant perhaps those small things were. So if you're struggling with a little bit of downness, a little bit low-level depression or some anxiety or some stress or just losing motivation and losing your mojo, still a bit of the winter blues around, etc., then I genuinely believe if we all sort out um, and, and seek those experiences, those wonders, go out and see 
the night sky. Go and view the night sky in the quiet if you can. Or go to some beautiful scenery or some fabulous trees and woodlands. Or there are many other ways as well. When I think back to all the moments, I absolutely love watching One and Born Every Minute on the TV, a documentary where they're following maternity unit of a given hospital. And you follow a couple of the um, patients in any one episode um, through the delivery. They may have all sorts of challenges. Um, you get to know them a little bit. They're a dynamic between the, uh, the father and the mother sometimes or the birthing partner that's there. And then the wonder when that baby comes into the world. It never ceases to get me every single time when I see the struggle of a mother in labour and then the absolute miracle when that baby appears in that first cry of the baby and the relief of the mother and the the joy of the people in the room and it's just absolutely miraculous i love it it never ever doesn't get to me so i uh, that's always very uplifting and um when i think back i remember we once went to cardiff um to watch the rugby cardiff versus england match i think and I remember when the Welsh start to sing, they sing, there's a particular song. And as you all know, the Welsh have got phenomenal voices, beautiful, beautiful voice. And being in the stadium, surrounded by thousands of singing, big rugby loving Welsh, um, in that collective, the collective voice, the collective passion behind it. I remember the hairs on the back of my neck going up it was just stunningly beautiful just it was just so memorable similarly i remember going one christmas to a winterster cathedral with my aunt um it for the evening carol service in the cathedral and we were a little bit later than most people we weren't late but clearly most people got there very very early so when we uh entered winchester cathedral there were no seats left. It was absolutely jam-packed. And so we could only get some standing right at the back. And my aunt is a little bit older and she was disappointed and not impressed, etc. Anyway, so we position ourselves at the back and think, oh, we're not going to see or hear much. Then it all went quietly hushed and, and the service started. And it started with, or by, a absolutely stunning voice of a choir boy singing the first well starting with once in royal david city but he was at the back he came from the back of the cathedral you couldn't see him at first you could just hear his beautiful beautiful voice that got louder and louder as he was walking his way through from up the top down through into the front or towards the front of the cathedral. So actually, ironically, we were in the best possible position for that. And it just was chillingly beautiful. His voice and the echo and the closeness. I will never ever forget it. It was, I hate to use that word, but it was awesome in the true sense of the word rather than the overused sense of the word absolutely breathtaking when have you seen uh, some scenery 
some nature that's just taken your breath away. You've come round a corner and there's a beautiful mountain range or have you ever been skiing? I remember, I don't like skiing, I'm terrified of it. I'm rubbish, but I've reluctantly gone a couple of times because we've had family trips. But I, <laughs> I tend to stay on the nursery slopes by myself. But I love looking across the mountain ranges first thing in the morning with all the beautiful fresh snow, the mountain ranges, the sun shining, just sitting there with a coffee and sometimes taking a book uh, in my ski jacket. <laughs> just sitting there is so, so worth it. So beautiful. Music, um, events, just the wonders of big collective events when you're in big crowds. Um, I used to belong to the rock choir or a rock choir and you know they recruit anybody you, you know they they love the fact that it's non-singers it's just there for fun but they're so good and they collectively get you all into your you know so the harmonies are right into your singing area put you in wherever your voice is most suited and then coach you through the song that we're all learning and by the end they actually pull together the choir the um, the leader is so skilled at making it sound, even though many of us there cannot sing a note. It sounds brilliant when he has finished coaching us through and teaching us that song and getting us in the right places and guiding us through. And that always used to almost make me cry sometimes when it all came together and the melodies and the harmonies were just so beautiful, so beautiful. So music countryside, um, nature, uh, the wonders of the world, the wonders of birth, just different things. What is it for you? So what I'm saying is what is it for you that takes your breath away or just knocks you for six when you're most unexpectedly uh, just going through life? Or when can you take a step back from the smaller details of life that are dragging you down, worrying you, etc., and take a much wider view and draw on what's around you to give you more context and to, to give you the joy of all of that. Because sometimes when we're down and focused on our stresses, etc., we just don't see them. We're just so focused in on what's dragging us down. But if we release that and look wider and further afield, um, then it can be so helpful, refreshing, and give us a completely different context. And and uh, feeling about everything so um that's what we were talking about on sunday and then if you want the science behind it dr chatterjee's guest on his podcast that i've mentioned um many many times and would recommend has all the backup and the science and a book about it as well and many other suggestions around it of how actually it really is helpful for well-being um so I thought I would do it this week before you thought I'd all followed and copied. I promised I haven't. So go out there if you can and just find some awe and some wonder and the much, much bigger picture of the ocean or the skies or the world and the planet, of the animal life, of the animal kingdom. I love watching the animals and the dogs and the birds, feeding the birds outside, watching them nesting. And how I remember when the, the little blue tits first day that they, the babies left the box we thought they were too young and put them back in only for them to follow and come back out again even though they were tiny but they were ready and they knew that and the wonders of nature 
and how they know. And every single year, it always bowls me over that even despite what we're all going through, the wars, the famines, the disease, the difficulties, the economic crisis, the political issues, Mother Nature still knows what to do and the buds still are just beginning to turn a little bit of green in the horizon where you can see the buds are coming through and soon going to open up. The bulbs, the daffodils are shooting up, the snowdrops are up and just Mother Nature knows exactly what to do, when and how. The wonders of that bowl me over. What bowls you over? So, enjoy your week and I will talk to you on the next episode. Don't forget, by the way, that um, there are workshops coming up in a couple of weeks, actually. There is a seven-week workshop on life skills and confidence for adults uh, that I'm getting sign-ups for already. It's on Zoom in March for adults, this one because many of us actually struggle for years and think, oh, I'm just shy, I'm a, I get anxious, I don't have the confidence I could have. Where could my career go? Where could my happiness go? Relationships, if I had a little bit more confidence, more life skills, uh, more strategies and more self-belief. Well, that's a seven-week course on Zoom that will definitely give you uh, the toolbox, the toolkit. Um, and be, I don't apologise for saying this, quite life-changing, um, literally. So, there's that. The next day, starting on the same week, or the other way around, um, is the same course, but for teenagers. Um, because for the same reasons, there are strategies and tools that they can use for the rest of their life, no matter what setbacks and knockbacks and difficulties they face. They can use them forever. And with the teenagers, I do believe that the sooner they learn this, even better. The adults may have struggled for a long time, and let's nip that in the bud. But with teenagers, let's set them up early, give them the tools and strategies early, and then where will their lives go because of that, rather than struggle and get to adulthood, and it's been holding them back for years. So I'm passionate on that subject, no matter what the age. So have a look at the website, www milestone-coaching.co.uk and both workshops are there under the workshops page and there's also if you don't want to be on zoom with others they are small groups and friendly but it's interactive and you get a little bit involved and answer questions and things like that if that overwhelms you or your teenager too much then there is equally the same program downloadable with exactly the same content perhaps even more with me presenting in the same way but not asking you the same questions I ask them rhetorically and suggest that you pause and do the activities but you don't have to reply to me so it's exactly the same but it means you can do it in the privacy of your own home or your teenager can with perhaps you alongside and learn together um, and it's not overwhelming for the really, really shy, but they don't miss out and they can still learn. And you can also, once it's downloaded to the PC, it's yours. So you can repeat it or they can repeat it whenever they need a refresher or they've taken a little knockback. So it's always there. Plus, if you're in a different time zone and the times in my workshop excludes you from joining, that's another reason why the downloadable option might be better for you. Because if you're not on GMT time, then um, 
it's the way around. You don't miss out at all. So, thank you for listening. Please pass that word on to your friends or loved ones if you feel it would be of interest and help to them. And if not, I'll see you on the next podcast episode of Life Coaching on the Move. All the best now. Thank you.